Hello, cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 246 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we're back in the media pit with Michael and Zach, and we're talking about Courtrick and also Besançon, and then we are going to talk about the upcoming Pan-American Championships that are taking place this weekend. Before we get into all of that, a couple things I want to let you in on. One, it's the one-year anniversary of the CX Airs Bulletin, and we'd um, love for you to jump on now and subscribe for the second year. It's really the best place you can go for all of your cyclocross content. Go to uh, cxhairs.substack.com and sign up, and then you can uh, join the Slack channel and get into the conversation over there as well. All right, finally, we are once again sponsored by Hammerhead and the Crew 2, which is a next-generation cycling computer, brings the power of advanced GPS navigation and intuitive software right to your handlebars. I know y'all all have a computer, but some of them you might have for a while. They may be generations old. You want to try something new, jump on the Hammerhead and the Crew 2. It's got really cool stuff like the uh, a high-res, full-color smartphone-like screen. It's got advanced and industry-leading mapping. It's got an exclusive climber feature that lets you visualize and prepare for upcoming gradient changes in real time. That's pretty sweet. It's a really cool feature. I've been playing around with that. And for a limited time, you can take that old computer I was just talking about and you can trade it in at hammerhead.io slash trade up and you'll get up to $170 on a new Karoo 2. So that's a pretty sweet deal. So you can take your old, worn out, gel-soaked cycling computer, go to hammerhead.io slash trade up and get up to $170 off of a new Karoo 2. You can also still use the CX radio code and that will get you a free heart rate monitor when you purchase that crew too so that's a pretty sweet deal you're getting a heart rate monitor on us plus you're getting up to 170 dollars back if you go to hammerhead.io slash trade up okay let's get into it we are talking about besançon core trick the pan am championships it's episode 246 of Cyclocross Radio. And we're doing all that right now. We are back in the media pit. We are completely, no, we're not completely overseas. We're 66% overseas, but we didn't have, we don't have any results. We got Courtrick, we got a World Cup in Besançon to talk about, and then we got uh, uh, Pan Ams coming up back here in the U.S. But before we get to any of that, Michael, how's it going? Just drinking out of a teeny can. Can teeny. That I learned that there's that you don't pronounce the, the G for the Cyclocross Nats venue today, thanks to Adam Meyerson. So, Candini. Wow, that's a that's a you you just couldn't you couldn't holster that. You had to get it out there, which just leads me to believe you have 
just nationals puns just waiting that are much better than that just waiting that you didn't want to burn and that one was on the on on the b list and you had to get it out there yeah i mean i got a deep dish on the on the on the back burner of puns waiting for chicago i hear that's what they only eat in chicago is deep dish right zach zach can you confirm so fun, fun story. We uh, Saturday we were like, oh, we want to go out and have some deep dish pizza. My cousin was in town with her her new uh, boyfriend, and we we're going to go to Giordano's, which is not the best. And I these are sort of fighting words. Lou Malnati's is the number one. Uh, the Giordano's near us was closed, which was really a bummer. Uh, so we went, Michael, you'll appreciate this. We went to a, uh, it's not a fusion place. It's a combination Cajun, uh, it was a Cajun, like, Japanese place. So there was no, we were thought maybe there'd be some fusion, right, between, like, you know, the Japanese and the Cajun. Oh, no, 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 no. You could either get, like, a seafood boil, or you could get, like, you know, I got, like, a bento, you know, thing. Or you could get something off the hibachi. So no real fusion and combination. It was, like, a combination Cajun boil uh, fusion restaurant. You know, kind of like the combination. I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the Taco Bell. <laughs> the combination Taco Bell Pizza Hut kind of thing. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, yes, yeah, Chicago uh, deep dish. You could also do Chicago style hot dogs, though. So you know, uh, Michael oh. was also interested in perhaps obtaining a uh, Chicago style hot dog. And they're called they're called hot dog joints, which my uncle was still talking about. I was like, you guys still call them that? And he's like, yes, they are still hot dog joints. Um, so you know, I, I could also recommend you've got multiple choices, but I think really your your go to top two. Um, also, though, the Italian beef. Chicago does a phenomenal Italian beef as well. So you really have three choices. I mean, you got to go to Portillo's for the Italian beef. You got to find yourself a hot dog joint. And you have to go to Lou Malnati's for Chicago style pizza. Good thing you're not racing. <laughs> Who says I'm not, Zach? I'm in I'm registered for Masters. I'm ready to go. Did you for real? No. Not, not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay. I thought you were. <laughs> thought you were like pulling a fast one on me here and well, like I'm I'm not gonna race cross nationals until they add a canty break category. Right, once they add that, I'm there. A cantini break? <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, when we get to next week's show, Michael, you'll be really wheaten up uh, with your puns and it'll be a good performance from you. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward to more debate over the Belgian stairs that has already started. New Belgian stairs, Bill? No, new Belgium. New Belgium stairs. No, but these stairs are new, right? There's are, these are new ones. They weren't there before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just excited about the Pony, pony Shop uh, sand pit. That's, I, I'm that's curious. The only, they, only. they couldn't get like any um, old-style step-through barriers? Oh, nice. That would be good. Uh, I mean, I'm disappointed. And I, you know, I'm looking to you, uh, Pony Shop, to, you know, to, to some play on the Pony Camp. I don't know if they can fly Sonicant in um, oh to direct gosh. traffic at the uh, pony, pony Shop, Pony Camp, Sand, but a lot of potential there. Should we talk about Cortric? I'm actually having to look up to see if I've been to Illinois before. And. Um, no, I've been to, in, uh, Indiana. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. 
Koitrick, in the mud. Who goes to Indiana but's never been to Illinois? Yeah, where uh, in Indiana do you go? We were in Lafayette, Indiana. Lafayette or West okay. Lafayette? Lafayette. And he, he, he went to Gary and he was like, this is far enough. We're going to stop here. <laughs> I'm not paying the $17 to get on the Chicago Skyway. I'm not doing that. We're staying here. Where's Michael Jackson's birthplace? That's all I want to see. Then we're out of here. All right, guys, I think the people want us. I actually had a different thing I was going to lead with, but I'm going to table it uh, since I got to do my um, revealing of Chicago foods. Uh, I really like this course. I think this is a really unique. I mean, I said last week, I really like this course. And I kind of like this. Was, this felt like the first time that we got mud at this race. I feel like in previous years, it's been super dry uh, for the previous two iterations, very dry and fast. Uh, and I, it was interesting. It was interesting to see kind of the how it played out with uh, some proper Belgian weather this year. See, I was going to come in and say that I, I like this course as well. Zach, it's one of my favorite courses, even though it's happened two times. I like, now. I like when we agree, Michael, I like this, but I'm going to disagree with you. I don't actually, I don't know if I'm disagree with you, but I, I didn't like the muddy conditions at Koitrick. I thought it made it into a different style of race and not the kind that I enjoy. Um, I like, I like it when it's dry cause it's crazy fast and it's, there's like so much more, uh, it, it really seems like you're actually more in an urban environment and it is some sort of weird, uh, blinky cross slash alley cat event slash garage race, which I like a lot. So not, not a fan of the muddy conditions at Koitrick. No cap. That's a, that's a fair point. Cause I think to your point, I think because they were in the grassier sections longer and they looked like cyclocross mud pits. Uh, in previous years, it was like, oh, that's a lawn, you know, like on the side of the road, you know, right. or like a little small uh, park that you felt like they were going through it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, no, that's that's an excellent that's an excellent point. So, uh, and maybe that is what I liked about it is that it kind of had like one of those urban feels, kind of like a degum uh, feel to it. Uh, you know, not during Christmas, not night, but and then the bridge. I mean, I don't know I, that tracking shot. I mean, nothing will beat. What was it? Italian road worlds. I mean, that is like, that is, that is the all time gold medal, gold standard for tracking shots. But I mean, this may be my favorite tracking shot in cyclocross, like up on that bridge uh, that you can kind of see them, you know, in the background and can see the riders pedaling away. I'm just a big fan. So we, we were having a discussion a few weeks ago about renaming races how about just renaming that commuter bridge, the, the Lucinda brand bridge, the Lucinda yeah. brand commuter bridge. I like that. I would like that more if she like bridged to the winning move or something like she had to oh. actually sort of a throwback to slow ride pods, Scarponi bridge. Um, but yeah, but I like it, Bill. I think, I think it should be renamed. Um, after Lucinda, I mean, you sh- we should name a lot of things after Lucinda right now because she, uh, she's kind of on fire. Yeah, so I, w- I really want to talk about her, um, especially for this race and then in um, the next race too. Uh, and I was trying to think like what I like about what she's doing, and to me, it's like no f's 
Lucinda Brand. And I think, you know, you look back a few years ago and you say, oh, she wasn't very good. Uh, you know, her bike handling was kind of her weak spot or whatever. But now, like, she has this, like, insane level of confidence. And I guess my my point from this is there was an off-camber right before kind of the tracking shot across the pond or whatever that was, uh, that long kind of straightaway everyone is running at the top and she just is like, Nope, I'm going to take the low line like passes. I think she passed like three or four people and ended up exiting passing two or three. And she's just like, like, it's the kind of thing like that decision she could slip out and fall and drop like, you know, even further back than she was at the beginning. And I kind of just love how she's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get away with it. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. I just super enjoyed. And I think, you know, we were talking about, uh, in the green room, can she sustain uh, this form she's on? And it just seems like she's riding. Her confidence level suggests that this form may last for a while. Yeah, she seems just to be the, I mean, she seems to be the rider, just the strongest rider just all the time. Like the power is just always there and it's super consistent. And she got a slow start um, in this race. She got to go back to your sort of, um, your wrinkle you had two weeks ago or last week, Zach, about sort of one rider causing an incident and like bogging down half the field. Well, listen to Brand was on the the wrong side of a wait for it. The sauna watch. Uh, so let's talk about sauna real fast. Like the watch, the flags were out, the waves were up. She got the whole shot. It was it was great because her hair is longer now, and so the lettuce is really flowing in that breeze off the canal um it was beautiful it was a beautiful thing to say it was like the most it was like a super belgy moment um she's in the belgian national champs kit just beautiful you're like all right sauna sauna is coming back she's doing well and then she slips out and uh you know then worst is facing the wrong direction once again having a bad weekend and Brand gets caught up, but uh, yeah, but Brand Brand shakes that off because, like you said, Zach, the confidence is there. Yeah, and she definitely uh, she delivered one to you know uh, kind of woman of the weekend for us here in North America, Megalie Rochette, uh, towards the end of the first lap. Rochette got off to a really good start; like she was in second place, like halfway through the first lap. Uh, so as we'll discuss, maybe her best strategy is to not start and be in second place. I, I don't know, uh, you know borrow a play but but uh rochette kind of took the long wrong line through a corner and brand came off and her line just took her right in front of rochette <laughs> she was just like yeah you're not coming through and then just like you know magley was like flustered and had to like unclip and stuff and and she was just like no i'm just gonna go straight to the front and that's what she did and i just you know just very confident strong riding but also just confident in where her bike is gonna go um, it seems like that's a big thing of that I've been noticing from her. She's like, my bike will go there and we're all good. <laughs> Whereas in the past, I feel like in some previous years, I mean, I can remember one year at, at uh, uh, over ISA, she crashed like three times and her bike literally took her off the course. So, I, you know, uh, just the level of confidence that she has is is noticeable. Uh, but this one, I mean, so it ultimately came down to uh, prime time. I, I, we're still waiting. I mean, right. She's supposed to win a race before we say that she's back. B-A-C-K. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think what's interesting is that she, because of Asana Kant crashing, primetime kind of got thrown into the front 
uh, unscathed with with Riberol, who also had a pretty good race. We haven't seen her sort of race that level in a while. Um, but yeah, uh, Primetime was there like most of the race, like dangling a bit, doing a bit of some dangling action, but coming back to the front group. And just once again, it, like the handling, like riding the certain under the bridge section was it was hard with the camera you couldn't see but they they came up to the underneath the bridge and they they turned right and there was some sort of like i don't know a little ledge there that everybody was having trouble with but primetime seemed to be the only one who could ride that section really well and then you get up to the stairs and you you cross the bridge but she had some of that technical stuff dialed but once again i just power's not there just can't i mean she can't no one can hold on to brand well, right It now, seemed like it seems she was like. there and she was within that couple seconds that she needed to be and was able to kind of play off the wheel. And I, we, we kind of chatted about this in the green room, but I think she had sort of a strange pit strategy and she went into the pits late in that race. And I think she was the only one on, I, I don't know if it was one or two, and came out and it was like two or three seconds back. And that was just like, it didn't have enough matches to get to get back up to it and that kind of that kind of ended her day yeah she had a uh, prime time was literally i think there were at one point there were like seven women uh, at there at the start and she was the only one pitting uh, at pit 2 i think it was because it was that she had a gap and her gap disappeared you know and then but then she would get a gap right when everyone else pits but it seems like she never was able to kind of extend it and just felt like it was a detriment, um, you know, whenever she would have an opportunity to, like, make a move or um, put in that. So, you know, she was dealing with the blood thing. She didn't race on – she was supposed to race on Sunday. I guess she hurt her back. Uh, and so that <laughs> – spoiler alert yeah. – may affect her ability uh, to put out power. But I'm glad that you you touched on – I want to touch Riberall – Great start. You know, we talked about if there's like an equivalent of getting Ribberold to Rickrolling. Um, and it's like, it's the bizarro Rickroll, right? Because the the song, like Never Gonna Give You Up, is actually about always being there for you and being reliable. So I, I guess getting Ribberold is Ribberold gets out to a hot start and then just fades to the back. Because uh, she definitely let us down if there was any enthusiasm that she was going to. Does this work? I feel like getting Ribberold has to be something. Do, do we think seventh is fading for her or is that a good result she was in first yeah i mean riders go out hot and yeah i mean i don't know yeah well there you I go mean, that's that see me that's getting ribberold is like she does the hot first lap she's in the mix and then she just kind of fades on back that's that's getting ribberold i don't know i'm sure someone else will have a better right but the, the actual rickroll song is about you're never going to give you up never going to turn around and desert you was always there for you i don't know she wasn't she wasn't there giving us excitement well, well, we'll get to when she was really there for her teammate on uh, on Sunday. But <laughs> yeah. speak, speaking speaking of her teammate Anna Kay coming in fifth place in this race, and not to jump the gun, I feel, feel like we're co- sort of coming to the end of talking about the women in this race. Uh, once again, earning the honor of first non-Dutchy in the race and in fifth place. So only only four in front of her, but. Like we were saying in the last couple of weeks, it's it's the it's the usual suspects in front of her: Brand, Alvarado, Betsima, and Worst, all all there. So I have a few more things on this on this race. One is just the the you know Clara Hansinger was leading the series after winning uh, Kopenberg, and unfortunately, you know not not a great start. 
this is not a course. This is not a Clara course, right? Like maybe more in these muddy conditions. But I think to me, I think of North Americans, um, you know, are riders who do really well on hard, wide open courses. Um, you know, or not, not, not courses like a dry koi trick. That's like super punchy, a lot of acceleration. Um, you know, someone like a number, a long climb, a big slog is going to suit someone like Hansinger. Well, I guess this is kind of ironic too, because most, you know, American cyclocross racing is associated with dry and fast, right? Generally speaking, it's kind of, but you're right. I mean, you look at the previous generation of women, where, where did they succeed? You know, where did Compton and Keogh do well in the mud? On a, on a when it was a tough course <laughs> so that's a good point yeah and so so anyway so come at, we knew it was gonna be a challenge for Hansinger to hold on to that lead um unfortunately she dropped I think she's down fourth she's pretty far back um so but also what do you think not too well, far I think she's, she's she's far back from the lead she's far back from the lead she's 152 off the lead okay but she's she's with a one bad race by Betsema and everybody's back into it. So Lucinda Brand's right. at 133, Alvarado's at 141, Hansinger's at 152, and then you drop down, you know, over three minutes for the rest of the rest of the field. So I think that if you look just at her time versus the winner, yes, it's a it's a pretty big gap. But I think relatively speaking, she's she's right in the mix, you know, for the podium at least. And it went and again, you know, anything can happen, guys. And uh Betsema has an off day, then then she's right back in it. Well, unfortunately, one upshot of the uh, the World Cup uh, doing its thing is in previous years, uh, I know like they'd moved Zonhoven was a X two O, I think, or no, no, it was a super speech. But they had for there was an X two O during U.S. Nats in December. Like Compton was concerned about it, but it, it's not this year. Oh, okay, because she's already left, so she's missing this weekend, and she'll miss next weekend. Yeah, but she's not missing any X two O. Is what right. Zach said. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah I think, that's right? Because it's yeah, no, boom next, and then uh, House. Yeah, it's the de- December 30th. And then Sven Nyes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So those next ones. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like GP Sven Nyes would be actually a good course for Clara. I can't remember what Azencross Lonehout is. Um, but yeah, so yeah, good, good point, Bill. She's not completely out of it. Um, the one, the, the other point I had was that uh, before this race started, Blanca Voss was in was in third place, and I was like, "Actually, where has she been? Where has Vosh been? We haven't seen her for two two weekends." I peeped the Instagram. Apparently, she's not coming back to race until Namur. I think I'm gonna make a guess. She was riding in Spain. That maybe she's on a road training camp for SD Work. So that's just my little last. She's point. on Voshcation. <laughs> oh my gosh we have to talk about a holiday that's just started where do we where where does that come into the show guys are we talk about it now sure i mean it's 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 night three of marionica so i mean Here we go may as, may as well start talking about it now <laughs> yeah so thank you to um i i i think it was uh man Cross Daddy, I know on on uh, Twitter, and it was kind of odd because coming in, it, it was like it was in the air, it was in the zeitgeist that the uh, Mariana Voss coming back being uh, Marianica 
Because we also had... We had an email. Uh, I can't find we thing. had an email. Yeah, I, email I was thinking well. the same thing because Bill was, you asked, you're like, are you the person who emailed us? And he's like, nah, just, yeah. was just listening Paul. to the pod on the way to work on Monday morning. Yeah, so Cross Daddy and Paul working in, in, in sync together to come up with uh, Marionica, which I like. I think that's a good Mar- one. It's great. I'm ding, 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 winner, totally in. So the men's race... Michael, how did the first two laps go? I have no idea, Zach, because I went for a bike ride. Um, it's a beautiful day here in, in New Orleans. And I came back and fired up the replay, and they were on lap three. So I I did not go for a bike ride because it was not that nice back home in the Chicago suburbs. But I also missed the first two laps. Wasn't, wasn't Tone winning when we turned it on? Yes. It was winning. It was then a, just a time trial in downtown Koitrick, and I kind of just didn't care anymore. I, I, I just want people to take take this into consideration, and I understand that the U.S. CX had its own issues apart from it not being broadcast and uh, always, or the audio being bad, and even from the first race where the audio was all screwed up and wasn't even there for the first couple laps to the second one where nothing was there for a couple laps, that some of the issues that you saw uh, during the USCX this the, are now happening still with GCN. So I think that right. that we have to like just at least at least bring back a little bit of that criticism to the more global issues that that network has versus just the specific issues for that for that series. Does anybody have any notes on this race? Any thoughts? I kind of feel like it was a time trial. Can you give me the top three? I actually don't. I mean, well, it was to- this was it was tone tone. It was like tone is looking like Zach. You're gonna have to help me here. 2017, 18 tone. When was when was the tone renaissance? I feel like it was like wasn't it 2018 till he crashed 18. at Namur? Like yeah, oh, right, exactly. Yeah, he looks he looks like that again. I mean, he just looks like a completely different rider right now. Like he looks, you know, you see it. Well, we'll see it in the NBA, but we'll see. It, you know, they always talk about like uh, in professional sports, like the 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 only the only t- the only time you're ever healthy in professional sports is that is that first first game of your rookie season, and then you're just playing hurt for the rest of your career. That's kind of what we saw tone until like the last couple of races, where he just seems he just looks looks better. I don't know if his stamina is all there. We can go back to the, the, it seems like I think it was Sunday. He had the gel and didn't use it, but, uh, and, 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 you know, may have, may have gone a little too deep and we'll talk about that race. I think it's the more compelling one, but this one, he was just better. I mean, for what we saw of it, he was just better and he was just cruising out front and, you know, it was pretty much game over from the start. It looked like, looked like he was a Dutch woman who finished the Cornet finished third. Yeah. Okay. Corny kind of, I mean, small field. 26 it's riders. Seemed like it, yeah. Uh, no Lars, no Quentin. So, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to make a comment, but I guess Lars, because with uh, Alvarado and Vanderhaar were the two big ones who didn't race the World Cup both of them with back issues. And I couldn't remember if Lars had also done that at Court Trick because then I was going to you know, blame Kortrick for just screwing up people's backs, but it seems like he was having that that issue before the weekend and took took both races off. 
another solid ride by um, Vinny, Vinny Bastings, fourth place. Um, he had a pretty good battle with, I did, I remember that now. He did a little bit of a last lap battle with Vanternout, um, and where they, he kind of boxed him in on the sprint at the bridge and Michael sort of protested into the ether for no real reason. And, uh, it was kind of the, the most exciting thing I remember from that race. Yeah. And Vanternout coming back from being sick and doesn't seem like he's a hundred percent yet. So there's, there's definitely a, a rider worth watching as he continues to recover. Uh, they had a um, Lauren Sweck, now that Michael Vanternout's back in the mix, uh, just sort of hung out there in 10th in place and <laughs> yeah, <did all> <laughs> felt he didn't have, to, didn't have to put the effort in. <laughs> since Got to be, uh, be by Musen. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Dieter coming in 6th place. Amazing. Anything else? Oh, let's quickly, since we did it for the women, let's look at the men's series for the X2O bathroom trophy. Tone, Tone leading the way. This is a little closer battle. So Tone is up there. Ailey is 43 seconds back, and then it's pretty much over after that. Uh, right. Courtney Van Kessel is in third place at four minutes and 20 seconds down. So still a battle, but just between two two riders in that series. Again, time-based series, which I think all of us dig. Sort of a fun way to do it. Yeah, I think like for Ailey, he said that his goal was the World Cup. And so I'm sure that he's more than okay if he doesn't win this one. I mean, he probably wants to because it's more money and it's a series win. But his priority is clearly the World Cups. So not yeah. too surprised Let's that... You know, that maybe not the same level of, of focus that he has on those races. Let's travel south. Head to France. Besançon. So the start, I mean, I, I have never seen this course raced before. I don't know. It seems like they've had races here in the past. What did what did you guys think of the course? There was some chatter going on on the webs. Yeah, let's hear it. I mean, well, you you sent a text. That was pretty funny, Zach. And I, I, I think I was too tired to respond, but um, I think I disagree with you on the course. Uh-oh, what, I actually I, don't remember what I said. <laughs> okay, guess, Zach, how do you think I feel about this course? Uh, man, I probably would have said, meh, they're lucky it was muddy, so you like this course. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. You, you, you sent, I think... Um, you were sort of poking fun at someone who thought the course was great. And uh, I, thought it, I thought it provided for a fairly good race. I think part of that was the, the snow that turned into the rain and, and made it slippery. I thought it, I thought it was, you know, it was kind of like Tabor, you know, wide open with a kind of little couple punchy spots. It had a few little, you know, high off cambers against the fence. And, and I had that pretty cool feature and i i think i bet bill you liked it because it was taped really wide it was the sort of the drop off off camber that was taped super ride at the beginning of the race and that was sort of an interesting feature that seemed a lot more difficult than it it looked um so i i thought it was fine it was okay i'm into it here here's what i liked about this this track and 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 yes maybe it would be a completely different if it was bone dry but it wasn't and what I liked about it is that it presented four, possibly five tests for riders each lap that they had to pass. 
you had there were there were five features a lot of them and it was more i, I think um present in the men's race just because it kind of made made the race but also in in the women's too they were there were sections that were i think two or three really strong power ups like one or two second power ups that became a if you nail it you're riding if you get it wrong you're running and you're losing seconds and then that really tricky high up narrow off camber that came right off of one of those up so it was sort of like test followed by a test and you had a you had to sort of string those together plus the descent all together so i i liked it in that you were able as it keeps you engaged as a spectator because you're like okay i know the section that's coming up i know what they have to do to be able to succeed and stay in the race this section so that's those are the th- kind of things that excite me in a race and i think that this course really really gave that to us so just these distinct opportunities that were that perfect level you know we always talk about um features that accentuate somebody's skills you don't want it just to be so hard that nobody can do it or so easy that that some people can do it and i think this was a really good good mix for those those uh those power-ups and then also the muddy off cambers and and you know just a lot of like really nice committing to the rut you know i mean especially on on the descent and we saw where brand was successfully able to leave the rut but somebody like Anne marie worst was not you know and 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 crashed and pretty much ended her race just by slipping out early on so that's that's what i i think i'm i'm with michael that i i really i really enjoyed this track i thought it it, it made for good racing so i did really like the the feature and i i mean i guess you know getting right to the the women's race and this plays into my story about uh no f's given lucinda brand uh, I really like that feature because it gave you like the the smart play, the safe play was to stay in the rut. But if you wanted to <laughs> to to harken back to phrase, if you wanted to yellow it, uh, <laughs> you could pick up spots. And so Brand moved; she was in fifth in the first lap uh, at that that feature, and she moved up to third. Uh, by doing it. So she gained an advantage. And I guess, Bill, this is probably kind of just validating what you said. Uh, Anne-Marie Wurst also tried to YOLO it and she went, uh, ended her race. So I kind of like that it's, you know, that kind of feature that gives you the option to to pick up spots if you want to take a risk, you know, or you could potentially end your race. And, you know, it seems like maybe... Maybe a little bit with like kind of the uh, the off camber at Namur and its heyday. Like maybe if you want to try a different rut and try to pass people, you can. But you can also go sliding down and end up under the uh, the snow fence, like Wout did that one <laughs> that one year. So I don't know. I really like that feature uh, for sure. If we're sticking, if we start with the women's race, then we can just uh, sort of get out of the way that Lucinda Brand pretty much nailed this race, and uh, no one was going to. You know, even if it was close, no one, no one was going to beat her. Pretty much, uh, she is, she is on on this roll. I mean, what are we looking at, Zach? Ever, ever, ever since uh, uh, you were waiting for her to have her statement race, she's won Euros, won Neil, she won Tabor, she won Merck Splash, she got third at Coxida, won Urban Cross, and won Best on Song. So, pretty good pretty good run of races there for uh lucinda brand i i I think she's uh she's farther away from being back to and closer to leaving again than anything else 
Yeah, I actually wanted to talk. I mean, the the beginning of the race I, uh, is the only part to talk about, but was kind of interesting. I mean, not surprising. You had uh, not one Clausel, but two Clausels uh, riding. I saw. A they sign. love these conditions. This is, and they go out fast. Like you, if you saw them, like Arkansas, you saw them every time we saw them in a U.S. race. They are just like you know, just just super super twin powers activate and off they go. Well, it was yeah, the, the sibling, the sibling hole shot, you know, it's sibling the, shot is the French home cooking, right? Like, I mean, they were at home, they were in France. Like I saw one, you know, one person had a sign that said like, go, go Clausel sisters. So it's just like their, their right. package deal, uh, kind of like the Schneider sisters were in American racing back in the day. Um, but interesting, I don't know which one it was, but definitely, uh, kind of validated brand's decision because there was one of the Clausels, which is really probably the one who ended up crashing. Like, uh, our Euro correspondent, Ethan Glading had a great shot in his photo gallery at the bulletin of, I think it was Helene. I don't remember which one specifically, but one of the Clausels just sending it the wrong way down that off camber, but she hesitated at the top and like held up riders behind her. Um, cause she was not committing to the rut. So it kind of like validated brand's decision. But so brand gets to the front. She's like, I'm going to do my thing right at the front. And I like, I, I think at least you saw where Betsima recognized this cause Betsima tried to, to catch up with her and never really did. So, you know, I think there's that recognition. It's like the bizarro, it's the bizarro 2020, right? Where it was like when Betsima got to the front and got a little bit of a gap, the riders had to be like, oh, snap, I need to get up there. She kind of was in the opposite position where Brand's at the front. And you're like, oh, right. We saw her do this uh, as of uh, recent races uh, that have occurred and just saw kind of like the alarm bells going. But I mean, just no, no shot, really no shot <laughs> at catching her. All right. I think we've buried the headline long enough. We've talked about who won the race. Second place could have been a win as far as as far right. as Magali Rochette is concerned. Just as big as a win. First European podium, which has been a career goal for her that she succeeded in. And Zach, I mean, you you had a great article on it, but she was not there at the beginning. She she had her work cut out from her from from the start see what i'm saying like it, you know she's doing the 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 clara playbook that we we all want to see from clara but you know the day before fast start fayetteville fast start ended up i think in in seventh like she's a good starter she's been up in the mix uh, at trek she just went solo off the front for a whole lap and everyone kind of scratched their heads and you know she ended up finishing like around 10th that race so maybe this is the play maybe maybe she has a little diesel in her uh, you know, to kind of work her way up through the field. I don't know. I mean, that's probably not the case, but it seemed like she just had the right mindset in those conditions. But I, the thing I want to talk about is I think that, you know, in 2019, limited Sam, we decide Rochette's not good in the mud. Do we need to revisit? Do we need to revisit that? Because uh, she looked, uh, she had the plan. Like, she rode so consistent. I think that she proved that she is good in the mud, but th- this is the one thing. And I think that, I think the, the th- that what, Marty and Jeremy do is great. And especially the conditions that they do it under is like insane since they couldn't even hear each other and were listening to snooker as they're trying to (laughs) call the race. But 
and I get it. And you, you, it's just us nerds out here that are listening and saying, oh, come on. But Marty kept talking over the weekend about how Magli Rochette excels in these conditions. And she's just looking for a mutter because if it's muddy, that's where she does well. And I'm just like, I mean, you could, maybe he willed it into existence, but we know from watching her career and even you, Zach, you and I have both had enough conversations with her on and off the record where she completely cops to this that, yeah, this is kind of her Achilles heel, that riding in these conditions is not something that she's great at. And that's, that's always what sort of hurts her in, in, in these European trips and, Maybe, 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 maybe we should just give Marty all the credit in the world that he kind of willed this into existence that now she's a mutter. You know what it was? It was Cincinnati practice weekend. Remember on day two, (laughs) (laughs) she was like, she didn't have a plan. She's just like, it's muddy. I'm going to learn how to ride in the mud. Uh, So maybe that's what it is. It was practice weekend. We were talking about practice. that was my interview. And I said, look, I don't want, I do not, I, I hope I am not offending you by asking you this, but you are not always, you know, you've said that these aren't your the greatest conditions. She was like, yeah, no, that's why I wanted to go out there. You know, if you make mistakes, you make mistakes and you just got to push through it. So maybe it is King's Cross. That was the, that was the stepping stone. Well, I will, let's also not forget my bit, Zach, thank you for reminding me. She was rocking the Pan Am's jersey. So it's lighter. Um, you go faster. I think the other point in reading her newsletter and, and your article, Zach, was that she talked a lot about that she was just kind of not thinking about where she was in the race, but really focusing on riding cleanly. And it's almost like to to your point earlier, like Maybe that is something like it's like it's not so much being caught up in that moment of like, oh, my God, I got a good start. I'm in first place. I'm in second place. Can I hold it? It's like I got a solid start. Let me just focus on riding these features clean, keeping my traction, doing good pit exchanges. And sort of just because of that and, and riding at a good speed, she made her way up. I mean, and, and she 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 participated in. A storyline that the North American Twitter love, North American Cyclocross Twitter fans love to watch is our our riders chasing down a Betsaba. And she did it. (laughs) And there's a little bit too. I mean, you know, last year in her second race, I mean, so it's not her first win on European soil. She won a race in Switzerland and she finished second last year. Um, But, you know, I mean, she was one of the riders that was, you know, criticizing Batsuma on, you know, publicly (laughs) after losing to her. Uh, So, I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit of that too. And, you know, everyone was just like, well, if you're going to criticize her, you should probably beat her. Uh, so this was finally her, you know, revenge in terms of of beating her. Um, but my other, you know, so <laughs> looking back, you know, I mean, I remember the name Magalie Rochette because she finished fifth at 2017 Worlds. It was like, <laughs> who is this? Where'd this come from? Like, this is pretty wild. Uh, and so, you know, I was fiercely Googling. I don't know much, much about Luxembourg, but like they do have a, a dialect called Luxembourgish, Luxembourgish. Um, but mostly they speak uh, French and German there. Uh, but I was like, got to be French speaking, right? So I'm looking up like Luxembourg, 98% of the people there speak French. So no doubt she was aided uh, by the, you know, the, the home language, people cheering for her in French. 
And I was like, got to be, you know, got to be the bump, the French bump. And she said it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I actually got something right. So uh, Magali <laughs> Rochette, if you, sp- you know, in those confines where they where they speak French, she feels at home. Uh, and that was my little bump. And she verified it. She said they knew she spoke French. And they were cheering for her in French. I loved it. Yeah, even in the post-race interview, which I liked, is she she had kind of that confidence like after the questions were she over she was like hey wait a second i you know if you don't mind i would just want to say something to the french fans who came out and supported me and then just you know gave a gave a couple lines in in, in french which was which was pretty cool i cool cool because she did that but also because she's like i just i just like she's savvy enough to be like i am on now national you know international tv let me take this opportunity to 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 get a little boost here for my fan base so it was cool and, and just to be thankful so it was really nice Zach, it's a good thing that worlds are in Fayetteville because there's obviously a little French connection there, you know, House of Lafayette. So just putting it out there. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, since this is the media pit and talked about the bulletin, I did a story. She has a great, she has her and Michael Vandenham of the ones I've seen, I think have the two best newsletters. They both do a great job, but like Rochette's is just so Magali Rochette. <laughs> Um, it's called the fever alert. You should subscribe. I mean, it was in my inbox. Like I didn't wake up on time. It was like in my inbox while I was watching the race, like, or I finished the race, you know, around like 11 or 12 my time. And the email is in my inbox, you know, with photos, you know, with all these different segments, she just goes into the race. And so like, I didn't have to worry about chasing her down for an interview or whatever. I had the content I needed. Uh, you know, and I, I think it just makes it easier for, for folks in the media when you do have a day like that. But yeah, I don't, I mean, it's a way for people to kind of connect and hear her thoughts and you get it. It was just so, every bit of it was so Magalie Rochette and everything that we love about her, like as a person and an athlete and the way she brings it into it, like with her, her thought process going (laughs) throughout the race was just great. So, uh, if you don't subscribe, I mean, that's one that I, you know, I'd recommend looking it up. I think it's on our website. You can subscribe to it, but also would encourage other folks to send that stuff to our inboxes. You never know. We're going to use it uh, for content. Okay. Uh, Magali Rochette in second place was the first non-Dutch. We'll get that out of the way. Um, Hansinger seventh, Katie Klaus ninth. Uh, and anything else we want to, Talk about in this race, or should we get get to the RG Bargy in the men's race? Well, we'll what? talk about Katie Klaus a little bit. I mean, yeah. let's, uh, you lead it off. Were you about to also talk about Katie Klaus? No, I was going to talk about a French rider, but you go ahead with, with, with yeah, Klaus. Yeah, sure. First. So, I mean, you know, Katie Klaus, I think we were all like, she finished fourth at U23 Worlds in her first year and had to sit out all of last year. Uh, I think that, you know, she's been racing pretty well. She finished 11th. I think at Courtrike and she finished ninth here. This is her first top 10. Um, you know, I think we're starting to see like why it was kind of frustrating that she didn't get to race last year and seeing that that promise is legit. And, you know, for me, we talked about her going to rally. Like, I think she's legitimately good at cyclocross. Like I, I think she has the capability to be in that conversation to pull off top fives at world cups in Europe. And so I, you know, I mean, I selfishly hope that she continues to race, but it just seems like she's really matured and gotten a lot out of this training block at the same time, at ninth place, she's 21, she's third year U23. 
still, you know, you're like, oh, that's great. Oh, wait, Femme Van Empel and <laughs> Blanca Vosh and Puck Petersa. And you're like, and Sharon Van Anroy. You're like, man, that's tough competition in that class. Uh, so that's uh, a lot of competition, uh, you know, in that class. That's a that's a deep draft class, Bill. Um, that would be yeah, one for the yeah. ages. Right. Yeah. Like fourth, fourth U23 in that race is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one is like, uh, you know, one of those legendary. Uh, th- that's kind of up there with like the uh, the Tone Arts, Venturno, Sweck, that draft class uh, was really strong, too, on the men's side. I'm I'm shocked that Inga Vanderheiden is this last year U23 still can't be. She's 22. I was I didn't count her because if you count her, then Katie Klaus was fifth. But I I was I just assumed she was elite. Yeah, she must be elite. Yeah. Um, at, we've been doing this that long. I figured she'd be elite by now. Um, I just was gonna say that in tenth place was the young French rider. Is it Lina, 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 Line, Berkier, um, who we haven't seen since Worlds when she got fourth in U23, but really um, putting up some very respectable results. So just I'm glad to see her racing again, and hopefully she's going to race some more. Men's race? Yeah. What's, so do you, big question right away. Big question. Blocker charge. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was gonna my I uh, offensive foul. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, is that a targeting penalty? Is that an ejection? <laughs> flagrant, <laughs> I mean, there's no flagrant question. two, flagrant two, flagrant two. <laughs> yeah, is that a flagrant one or a flagrant two? I mean, are we just getting free throws in the ball, or is he gone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> does he get? For, does, does LA get more points in the World Cup standings? How does how does that work? I would love for. For those who have no idea what we're talking about, and let's just be honest here, we assume that if you're going this deep into the weeds with us, <laughs> that you've you've watched these races and, oh, and kind of you know. know what's happening. But basically, again, this was, you know, sort of like what I talked about it, uh, at Court Trick. Tony Harris looked great. He looked amazing, and and he was just flying, and I and he was putting Ailey Azerbeat. On, on his heels. And I think that Ailey was burning matches just to be able to keep up with Tone in this race. And it came down to what, what lap was this two or three to go? It was two inside two to, to go. Two to inside go. Two to go. Two to go. And it was, uh, so there, there was, it was one of these sections that I was talking about before. One of these tests was kind of this uh, off camber that was a little bit of a U. So you had to go down to the bottom and then back up. And everybody was dismounting pretty early. I think Tone Tone was kind of kind of uh, dancing with the devil a little bit. He seemed to to try to ride a little farther than maybe he should have on that section. Had I think a six or seven second lead at this point, and just just stuffed himself on the downhill section into the into the barriers, into the netting, and then couldn't get his bike he tries to get his bike out and it's like stuck and he falls again he's lying on the ground Ailey's behind him and it's just like like I I, I don't know how to express almost like you could see the aura on Ailey Ezerby like if it was a video game or something he just like turned whatever color and just was like boom and it was just like instant energy and he was off and he was he was coming around and he saw 
Tone down. He comes low to get around there. And as he's sort of going back there, Tone is like working his way up, tries to throw his bike into him, it looked like, slipped, and then tries to kick Ailey as he's coming around. You know, we're joking it was sweeping his leg and coming out there. I think everybody, since we're not Euros, uh, the I think Sporza and even Clam Bitch and Memes and everybody else was, they wanted VAR on that to see if he could have should have gotten the uh, red card on it. Uh <laughs> But yeah, just like, just crazy. Like Tone's like, oh shit, this race is riding away from me. I had this thing won and just was like, I need to stop you and trying to reach out and, and grab him. It was, it was pretty crazy. I don't think, I haven't heard, has, has he said anything? I mean, has he talked about this at all? Because I would love to hear the post hoc rationalization that what he did, did was not intentional. I think he said that in the interview that he just was like, oh, I was just trying to get up. And in in the way it happens, it's plausible. It's plausible plausible yeah, deniability. Like, yeah, like he's 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 on his back, essentially, on his bike, and he has to turn around. So he, in order to turn around, you have to flip your hips. And when you flip your hips, your, your right leg comes around, and usually you would probably – not do a stiff leg you would kind of get on your knee to get up but uh yeah it's just like it's one of those things where when i saw it happen i was like i've done that not that exact thing but you sometimes you get in that situation and like you said bill he was he was looking good the race was he was you know he had the win maybe and there's that brief moment where you kind of throw all your sort of sense of decorum out the window for that very very split second and you're just like I have to stop Ellie at all costs. And it reminded me of, uh, we were talking in the green room, like a, like an Australian cyclocross race where some guys were getting arger barge. You know, I remember some guys on the ground and he grabs the other guy's wheel. This sort of like weird breach of like cycling conduct that you don't do. And it was like, it was just that moment. Um, it was truly a bizarre thing to see. Yeah. I, I mean, it looked like he knew, but at the same time, like, I, to me, the positive deniability would be like, I need to get up. I'm going to get up right in front of Ailey, where I think like the right. the gentleman thing, like we've all been there. We crash and we're like, all right, I, I, you know, I botched this. I'm just going to get out of the way because you are a superior cyclocross racer. But if you wanted to be really dirty, like you could just get up in their way and have them be really angry. And it seems like that's kind of what he was trying to do, like as he was trying to but it looked weird because he swept the leg. <laughs> yeah, but why would that? You said getting up in his way would be really dirty. I think that is just de facto what you do in cyclocross. We see that all the right. time. People go yeah. down in the middle and they're like, I'm going to take up as much of the track as I can. I'm going to put my bike sideways. I am going to try to get back on and I'm going to make sure that nobody can pass me in the interim. I, we, we see that in every muddy race in a, in a Euro race. It's like there's no... There's no way that you are, you know, like, oh, excuse me, sir. Am I holding you up? Please go by. <laughs> well, fine. So, you know, in the the notorious, you know, aggressive Euro racing, it's just the, the way that it ended up happening. Like, if he had swept the leg a second earlier and then gotten up, he would have been in Ailey's way. It would have been like, oh, no big deal. Like, savvy cyclocross move. It's that he kind of like saw him, swept the leg as Ailey was getting swept yeah. right in the ankle. I think that's why it's like... It, it was awkward, but to me, it just seemed like he was trying to make like the savvy cyclocross move, I guess. Yeah. But the way it came across is like, it was so it was late just, such that if I, you know, 
maybe in a different situation, you don't do that because you're like, wow, this will look really bad and I may get, but Ailey to his credit was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to go ahead yeah. of you. Like he didn't, he didn't even flinch. Like he didn't like no, show any disgust or whatever. He just dropped him. Well, that's, that's what I want to talk about. It's like, as much as that can be debated, it, it, it really didn't matter. And we're talking about just how much confidence that Ailey is riding with as well. I have never seen an instance of somebody just, you know, we always talk about like the, the difference between cyclocross and road racing, cyclocross, you know, road racing, somebody crashes, whatever, everybody like wakes up and, you know, okay, let's regroup and let's have a, have a fair race or cyclocross is like, that is fair racing. You crash and that's my opportunity just to go all in. And him going all in was like nuts because he was lagging. He had no energy. He looked like he was just about to give up the ghost. And if, if there was, ever something that just just energized the guy and he was so good for the next lap and riding everything i was talking about those tests earlier passing every one just one after another after another where tone was just desperate and just like trying too hard and pushing too hard and making mistakes and losing a couple seconds here and losing a couple seconds there to the point that ailey had a very similar mishap in the last lap and goes down and all of us are watching this race, counting the seconds that Ailey Ezerbeat is on the ground waiting for Tone Arts to pass him. They're like, well, he's got to come in the picture. He's got to come in the pit. And he just never, he was so far behind at that point that he never even caught up to get back into the picture. I mean, he think finally he, you know, by the time Ailey got up and going, he was maybe five or six seconds back, but it was just crazy just the 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 absolute change in demeanor and change in fluency for how they're riding the course that those two took on in that in those last two laps. Michael, it looked like the uh, the Tabor Wall, the the frosty Tabor Wall no. that one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was exactly it. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, we it's you heard it on the, on the broadcast too, and uh, yeah, Tone was dead after that incident. the The wind was completely knocked. Out of the sails. So my question for you, Michael, is that you were talking about the the gel that he took the race before, and you were like, yeah. "I don't, I don't know what's going on with you know taking a gel in the middle of a cyclocross race." I, supposedly, and I didn't see it. He had the gel and was coming down the finishing stretch and just like chucked it, like he got rid of his gel without taking it. And I'm like, is this like when you're? Uh, you know, on, on the mountainside at altitude and you're freezing yeah. and you st- start taking off your clothes because you think you're hot. I mean, was he like so far in the bag that he just uh, didn't know up from down? He was getting delusional. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of oxygen deprivation. I, I think it's like, it's a, it's a weird thing. So like if you take the gel during the race, it's probably a bad sign. But if you toss the gel because you're so confident, also a bad sign. Uh, I kind of feel like, I don't know. Well, so to Bill, to your point about like the test, it just, Ailey was superior on those steep ups. It just, it's something that he excels at. He's got like the, the power and the lack of weight that just makes those features just tailor made for him. And he was super dominant and tone to his credit was only a few seconds back, but there was that, uh, the, the up into the off camber along the fence and tone just totally botched it in the last yeah. lap. 
um, was kind of like, that was kind of like the nail in his coffin. But Tone, to his credit, like he fought back pretty valiantly. And it was hard because there were so many speed limits on the course that like, you know, the normal protocol is to just go all in. You couldn't, like you had to try to be superior by sliding through corners quicker and, you know, whatnot, instead of burying yourself. So it was like a super hard chase. He almost got there, but I, I just think, you know, Ailey has just shown that he uh, kind of excels at those. But I was also going to say, it almost feels like, I don't know, it almost seems like Ailey is becoming, in a World Cup, is becoming tones like White Whale, you know? Like, he just, I don't know, he just keeps going at it, and he just can't can't crack that nut. I, I, it's not that bad yet, like, clearly to be, like, you know, on the order well, of a, a Captain Ahab, he def- but... <laughs> he, de- he definitely capsized the ship on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I moving on from the the top two i think that the the important thing that we have to get here for the for the media pit is zach you put out a challenge last week you pretty much put your fist on the table and asked a young man in this field to step up he did he came through i yeah i, I like there was a little bit of confusion in the uh in the uh, bulletin Slack channel that I was going to be upset. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this all year. I mean, yes, I call him the poor man, Ryan camp, but like, I've been who we, waiting. Who are we for, talking about? We haven't even named him yet. I've been waiting for my man, Pim Ronhar to step it up. And uh, Bill, here's my thing though. Man's current U23 net world champion. There's no rainbow stripes on those, that Jersey. I, it's, I've heard, I've heard that some other people, uh, may do that for their jerseys, uh, but Pim, I think he has every right to. I feel like you, you know, to throw it on there, and he didn't. So, just wanted to point that out. But yeah, I mean, and he, I, I feel like this was a race tailor made for the U twenty threes, right? You had, um, I, I wanted to say Vandaputta, but it was the the other one. Um, blank on this. Vanderbosch, Vanderbosch, Tone Vanderbosch. Yeah. You had Pim Ronhart, and you had Ryan Camp. They were all in the mix. They all well, Vanderputter was in there too. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this was just tailor made. Uh, but uh, that's just got to be like huge confidence builder. I mean, we know that Van Turnout's not been on the best best form, and he's been sick. But Pim Ronhar gets in a battle with him, and he drops he drops the sauce lieutenant. I mean, that's you know, it's not dropping the sauce boss, but he he dropped the sauce right. lieutenant. So. <laughs> yeah. No, that was good. You know, it's also it was. Sven, you know, went to the arm barn and finally pulled out another Lions and a young Lions as well. And they, you know, I was thinking they got two Lions to one sauce in the podium. And I was like, oh, it's been a long time, but that's not true. It actually happened, I think, in Zano. Um, but, you know, Ron Har stepping into the shoes of Lars, maybe? I don't know. What if we get yeah. Lars back to his backness plus tone with figures out this gel situation and then poor man's Ryan camp him Ronhar lions maybe got something look I feel like I feel like we're gonna you know to beat Vanderpool to beat Van Aert to beat Pitters you're gonna have to go the hack-a-shack route I feel yes, like you're yes. I feel like they're just gonna have to run all of these young sauces and young lions and be like all right camp you all right Ronhar you all right let's do it like let's get RG bargy let's throw in an attack let's make Wout burn a match I I, I wanted them to go all in on hack-a-shack on Wout well, and it's Wout that's left out of the cold because then Vanderpool actually has his own young gun, Niels Vanderpool, to, to, right. to play a little defense there and cover moves. 
Yeah, and the, and even the old guy Marcel Meeson, you know. Yeah, Who's so uh, have? Yoris, he needs step cost to get in there and uh, race some cyclocross. <laughs> I don't. I. I mean, I'm just all for it. I think like it would add a, a, dyna, a level of uh, dynam, dynamism uh, to it. Dynan, dynamicism. And we saw it too, actually. I mean, there was one of the two young sauces. I couldn't tell which one was, was at the front. Um, and the other thing I want to say, though, is it seems like Wout, and maybe this is a lion, he seems to be really adapting the ride from the front, kind of like Lucinda Brand, because there was the young sauce at the front. It was just kind of like everyone was lining up. And finally, Ertz was just like, all right, no. Um, which proved to be a good strategy, though, because with his form, Ertz kind of goes to the front and draws Ailey out. And so then Tone didn't have to putz around with any of the ancillary sauces because it was just like Ailey had to cover the move. And so maybe that's something that he can learn mm. from to, if he can get there, just drop the other sauces and just make it a mano a mano at least where he doesn't have to deal. But it just seemed like he was riding from the front a lot, a la, you know, Lucinda Brand. So maybe that's a, a lion thing that's kind of wearing off. Well, he's got to yeah. take advantage of this time where, Van Turnout is not at his top, and Lawrence is back in tenth again. So just is Lawrence down, down, down part of the season? This is where he's relaxing, smoking cigs in the back. I don't know. I mean, uh, February he'll come back. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, we're already an hour in. I do want to talk a little bit about Pan Ams uh, before we do that. Just in- interesting note with the World Cup. So Antwerp already canceled. That would have been the next round of the world cup. Then we have Val de Sol after that, which a lot, you know, we've already heard the lions and maybe some others are skipping. So it really isn't until December 18th that the, the world cup's kind of going to get back rolling full steam. Yes. But one's Woot van Ert. Sorry. Art. I just love calling him. I know. I love calling him Woot though, because so many Americans call him, <laughs> call him Woot, Woot van Art. And uh, Pitters will be, I believe, at Val de Soleil. So yeah. uh, I think people will be interested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I heard those guys are coming back. Yeah. Is that? Is that? <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if I seen anything on the social <laughs> yeah, media. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought I might have seen something about that, about those guys. Yeah. Possibly. You, you feel like that people would cover their schedules, but, you know. Even the bulletin covered it. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> By the time this comes out. All right, should we uh, should we talk a little bit about about Pan Ams and you know all three of us are going to be heading out there to to see it. Um, I, yeah. So just just to, just to start off this conversation, the, the Pan Ams. Okay, the European Championships is something that right now is a big race that is an important race that I think people put on their calendar and they participate in. Uh, on the men's side. I don't think it was, I think it's only been around as an elite race for maybe four years, four or five years, if that. And before that, it was just U23. For the women's race, they would get more. But Euros was not a big deal either five years ago for anybody. It was kind of an afterthought. And that's how Pan Am's kind of had already been. But then we started, I think, you know, at the end of Cincinnati into Louisville, it really into the the Midland uh, races where... North American elites started putting that on their calendar as a race that they wanted to do well at. And I think the three of us were always like, this should be an important race. It should be a big race. It's an international race. It seems like 
what do you think? I mean, if you look at it and you look at the field size coming into this, we have maybe 20 women, if that maybe 15 to 20 women in there. And I think 24, 25 men, not huge fields. We're not getting right 23 in the men's and 16 in the women. Right. And, you know, on the women's side, we're not getting the defending champ, Magalie Rochette. She won't be racing. Clara won't be racing. Katie Klaus won't be racing. But are those the negatives? It's still a big race. Zach, what do we got? Uh, I think so. Um, I mean, I had reached out to uh, to Gage, Carrie, and Curtis, you know, kind of asking them. And um, I just, I skimmed through the responses because they got back to me during work today. But, you know, Carrie was saying he feels pressure to defend that jersey. I think, you know, having that jersey means a lot. And as Michael has pointed out, he seemed to race well. He seemed to get a good bump from having the Pan Ams jersey. But yeah, at the same time, I don't think it's taken on the like gravity that nationals is it's like oh you go to nationals and so i think you're seeing you know typically more people who are expecting to compete for the win kind of thing not like the kind of people especially with travel costs that we've covered you know this year and how expensive it is it's like it's another expense for a one-day race i mean there are a lot of points involved but it just seems like this year and it, it kind of was slapdash together. I mean, we didn't know who was going to host it. The schedule is different. I mean, it just, it worked perfectly before because it was that Cincinnati. It was that end of the first block of racing where everyone would just take a break before going to Europe. So I, I, I think it's a tough spot. I mean, it seems like it would have made sense being so close to the respective nationals, but yeah, it doesn't feel, I mean, looking at the women's field, you know, I think it will be fun. Uh, we're talking, I think it'll be, more interesting because Rochette and Hansinger aren't there uh, from a racing standpoint. Uh, I think the men's racing will be super interesting, but it doesn't seem to have the same heft, you know, especially with nationals a week later. Yeah. It's interesting. Like you said too, Zach, because it is actually, it's worth more points than nationals. So for the riders who can make it, um, they're going to get a pretty good bump out of this event. And does that, Affects nationals call up. I can't always remember, but um, it's not a know, Pro I, CX. It's not on the Pro CX calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, the, but the thing, like you said, though, Zach, I agree with you. I, I'm I'm excited for you know. Let's also not forget there's U23 men's race and U23 women's race. So it is kind of taking down the size of some of the elite fields, but. For the men's field, at least, we're seeing the only people who haven't, let's see, who, um, sorry, uh, in the men's field, you know, the only men who have won races who are not going to be there are Brunner and Scott Funston. So, breaking news. Oh? Eric Brunner will be there. Nice. Well, there you go. We almost have all the American men who have won UCI races this year are going to be there. Smaller field, but it's going to be a dynamite race. And I'm actually, I don't know. Are you you texting with him right now? Uh, I I had previously, yes. Can you tell him to respond to my email? Can you just shoot him a text? I'd I'd like to get his input. So tell him just to respond to to your colleagues. Sorry, Michael, for interrupting you. I just wanted to take care of some of this here. You know, happy to do it. I want Pan Ams to be a thing, though. I think that, uh, you know, my attraction to going is the level of racing. I remember my first one, I went in 2017. I just remember the intensity with which everyone there raced. Like, they they treat it like 
it was a championship and they raced accordingly. And it just made for compelling, fun racing. I mean, you know, both the ones in 17 were kind of blowouts, Compton and Hyde, one going away in both races, but it was still like super compelling. 2018, I mean, we had two just two classics. I mean, two of the best domestic races probably that we've seen in a very, very long time um, with, you know, Rochette and Noble dueling and then the famous sprint between Vandenham and Curtis White. So, I want it to be a thing. It's another championship. We had a great race that you guys were at. You know, you guys did the great right. video of that men's race between Kerry and Curtis in 2019. Like, it's produced great racing. It's a chance to have a marquee event that matters in North America. It's a standalone event. So it's very, be- like, is a championship race. It's just maybe, you know, and kudos to, uh, it was a Jeff Lucido, the organizer who stepped up to organize this race when we weren't going to have it. Like, thank you so much for doing that, but it'd be nice if we could find a way to strategize where it's located, where it is on our schedule, especially if we aren't beholden apparently to the traditional day. Um, or are we bill? No, we're not. And, and, and this is why I have my fourth out of the box idea that you're going to hate. The Daytona 500 of cyclocross start the season with the Pan Am Championship. Have your Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Come Love out it. of the blocks, Pan Am champs. I, I, yeah. I think people would show up. Like, I think that's a great idea. Like, I mean, people will come out, like everyone's excited. There's attention on it. Like we all know that the attention starts at the beginning of the season and builds to the world cup mid September, right? Like maybe if the world cups are going to continue to be in October and we hold on to them, we're looking at a mid September start. So what you're looking at the around September 10th ish, like kind of in that area before go cross. I love the idea, Bill. I'm sold. Wait, Bill, Bill, let's just do the Pan Ams in Europe. Okay. Hey, the Mexicans were there. They wouldn't have to yeah, leave. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go where the Mexicans are. Do it, do it the same weekend as Euros and just find a find a different venue. Yes, that's amazing. I love it. I'm so I mean, I'm sure we can find a connection with You with, could do um, same same venue, same venue, Saturday, <laughs> Pan Ams, Sunday, Euros. I'm into this. And then the next year, they can all come to the U.S. for Euros. Right. We'll just That'll do it right for the World well. Cups. Yeah. 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 I, Bill, I honestly thought you were going to say, one day, Pan Ams. The next day, U.S. Nationals. And we call it the <laughs> Shiken Invite. <laughs> GP Bill. No, you know what I'm going to call it? <laughs> you going to make that joke? <laughs> We're going to call it Norba. <laughs> okay. Funny thing about that. There is a mountain bike group on the North shore of, of mine in, in North shore of Louisiana. And they are called Norba. Wow. Good like for the that. New Orleans bike racing association. Uh, North shore off road bicycle association. It's a mountain bike group. It's a mountain bike group, and they call themselves Norba, but they're not Norba from before. It's a new Norba. The new Norba. It is, you know, it's the new Norba. (laughs) Let's do our picks. Are we going to do our picks? Let's do our picks. Yeah, let's do our picks. Uh, Well, so a friend of the show, Jen Jackson, uh, was going to race, and I was super excited to see, like, what was going to happen with that. But she got in a mountain biking accident 
and she's on the shelf. Uh, Michael Vandenham doesn't live on an island, but his uh, residence in Abbotsford has actually been turned into an island by the flooding. Um, and I was texting with him. He literally cannot get to the airport uh, to fly to this event, which I know he's probably pretty bummed about because Pan Ams has become a pretty good thing um, for the Canadians. In that regard, with that in mind, I'm picking Ruby West to hold it down uh, for the Canucks. She looked good um, during her early season racing. Her big nemesis, Carolyn Mani, uh, is not there and not eligible uh, to race. So going Ruby West for the women. Want me to go? Um, say hello to your new Pan American champ, Raylan Nuss. Uh, I think Zach Ruby West is a big pick, uh, a good pick, um, but we haven't seen, she hasn't done a lot of cyclocross. Nuss just came back from a, a trip to Europe, had a strong season. I'm, I'm feeling like the cards are going to line up and she's going to win. I think those are both great picks. Uh, just, to, just to fill it out. So we all, we all got, a, got some, uh, a, a piece of the pie here. I'm going Sonny Gilbert. Sonny Gilbert there you go. for your Pan Am champs. Anna Magali on the podium. How about the men? That's tough. The men is tough. Uh, I'll, man, I'll, go, I, I'll, I'll start it out. I'll start you it go out. first. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start it out. I'll throw, I'll go. Well, I mean, it's not chalk because, you know, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good choices. I think having Brunner, you know, knowing that Brunner's now in there in the mix is, is great because he has shown that he is one of the strongest guys out there. Um, Gage also is in the, is he on the list? Is he doing this? Yep. 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 Gage is out there. We got Carrie. We got Curtis. I'll take Curtis. Curtis White. Zach. Yeah. So I, 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 I sent the guys, I did a, uh, a matrix of, of results, which may end up wind its way to the bulletin. Um, I think I kind of confused them. Uh, so, you know, me, engineer, spreadsheet guy, Bill, law talking guy, Michael, video producing guy. Uh, maybe I should have put it in a different form, but so here's my thing about Brunner. Brunner has been hot lately, right? Like he's been racing really well. We saw him win at really rad. He won day one at Cincy, uh, but he started off the season really poorly. So it kind of like kind of messes with the stats because he, he really didn't get good results while he was recovering from his illness. And so, you know, do you play the who's hot streak? You know, if you're the NCAA selection committee, uh, what do you do? You know, the North cyclocross anyway uh uh i'm going brunner <laughs> all of this is to say i'm playing i'm playing that he's he's hot he's coming in he's registered i'm going with brunner i like you're, this you're, let's let's gotta keep it moving keep it moving i like it you're going 1992 olympic basketball team selection committee pulling the hot college kid picking christian leitner okay i am gonna go that was well, the more, that was the low that was the like just lowest like low key diss of my pick and I love it because Leitner was butt after that. <laughs> I don't think Brunner's butt, but I'm going to pick Kerry Warner. I, I think that he's going to defend the jersey. I think that uh, he got some good training in over the um, Thanksgiving, and the vlog bump is real. Somebody go to Amazon.com and send Gage Heck a bulletin board. 
Ooh. Should we someone get out of be, there? Someone had to be the odd man out. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Did we do it? I think we did. I think we did it. I think we did it, too. We'll see you next time. Hang in there, kid. Quite trick. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.